Welcome back to Two Peas in a Pod. You're here with Priya and Priya. So today we've got a special guest on the show. We have Harshim. Um, so because he is a radio presenter, we thought it would be nice if he just introduced himself. So Harshim, take it away. <laughs> God, this is not a live show, but uh, of course I thought I'd say hello. Thank you very much, girls. Priya and Priya, Two Peas in a Pod. Um, DJ Harshim here, aka Harshim. <laughs> Most of you probably know me from the radio. Uh, also a bit of DJing here on the side but nice to be here with you guys and of course joining your podcast because I've been following it since you guys started and you know it's really interesting and it's good to see what you guys are doing and the message you you know you guys are kind of putting out to everybody out there it's really positive it's good vibes that was so cute <laughs> 10 out of 10 out of oh I, I didn't really want that I didn't know there was any points in that but yeah <laughs> I love it Anyway, so how did you get into like the media and music industry? And when you did first start out, what kind of obstacles did you face? Um, so I started out, um, I'd say well, on radio when I was about 13, 14. Um, so most people who do know me uh, know that my dad has been in the radio industry for over 25 years. So he's been in radio, he's been a DJ, um, he's worked across the whole country. Um, you know, and he's then gone on and established his own brand and launched a radio station. So I was part of that. Um, and growing up watching him, um, it was pretty much what I've always wanted to do. Um, it's, you know, an industry that's always like sort of interested me. And from there, I've kind of, you know, taken it forward to, know, you know, be like, you know what, I want to be like my dad, but I want to be different. Um, so, you know, when Asian Star launched back in 2007, I did start out. Um, I had a bit of an idea what to do, but had no clue at the same time. So then obviously had to to get a bit of training behind me, understanding the ideology behind radio, um, knowing the ins and outs, how to create programs and then taking it from there pretty much. And as the years like kind of went on, like you learn things for yourself, you know, from the mistakes and the criticism, which I used to get a hell of a lot of. Uh, and I still do to this day. I get like rinsed if I do something really dodgy on it, or like if I say something wrong, or if I ask a wrong question, or anything like that. I will get literally. I don't want to swear. I know you probably don't want to swear on 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 the podcast, but um, I get my ass handed to me pretty much. I think mean, that's the best way I can describe it. Because um, yeah, my dad's one of the, my most harshest critic, but of course it's there to help me. Um, obviously I've gone on from there I was you know starting off young when my voice hadn't broken pretty much so it was uh, quite funny for a lot of people but you know what I took radio seriously and I took it seriously from a young age and it's something which is very very different as time went on I did different shows um, then established myself within the station on drive time so I was in drive time for about four years that's where I really built my rapport and listenership relationship uh, and then kind of from there as well branched off to what I'm doing now, which is Mix Nation. Mix Nation is a Friday night DJ specialist show, um, which focuses more on the entertainment industry and stuff. Um, but in between all that as well, I was DJing. So I established my brand as DJ Hashim, and that's on the uni circuit, uh, club circuit. And that's just not both being in the Asian industry, but also the mainstream industry. So being there was you know, quite helpful because I was dabbling and getting the best of both worlds because, you know, I love Asian music. You know, I'm, I'm a, a big, you know, like I say, um, 
advocate for you know the UK British Asian culture and you know Asian culture in general but at the same time as well I do love the whole urban club culture urban club culture and also like house music and garage so it, it was a bit of you know dabbling between everything and managing and balancing so I think that's what's really what was required and move forward you know fast forward to today and now you know I've been able to play around the world um and still got loads more places to go and I've got a lot more to learn but yeah it's, it's a journey that you're constantly learning it's not it's not boring at all so it's quite fun so that's where I'm at today you know when you first started off um on the radio did were you yeah. hosting straight away I was hosting straight away but I was hosting at like a different time which was not like um like I said a very busy sort of show um you have to start somewhere and obviously it gave me a chance to find my feet and like get myself established on there so that was it yeah, it gives you the experience but so when did you decide kind of you know you you wanted to start DJing and like why I don't know, I always wanted to DJ from when I was little man like, like right. DJing has always been a fascination for me because I learned to DJ on vinyls which are records um so that's how my dad used to play back in the day and then obviously I, I just got into it and I think the whole being a DJ and radio presenter went kind of hand in hand and from there it kind of transpired to what it is today and to what I do so yeah learning from DJing on vinyls and then going to CDs and then using my laptop now it's been a great transitional period because technology's moved on and yeah so it was really cool being you know able to at a young age mix two tracks together or kind of learn or know what I'm doing kind of say. It's really interesting but like you know obviously so say like your dad he obviously was a, a big influence for you growing up and he's like been in this industry but like coming from say like Asian family like did you ever feel like the pressures of doing a more sort of conventional like job or like going to, to a more conventional career or, or were your whole family really supportive of you doing this? Don't get me wrong my grandparents um, who are no longer with us here God rest his soul but um, like my grandparents were, were wanting me to do that sort of avenue that's what they wanted me to kind of go down whether it was you know become an optician a dentist or you know a mechanical engineer or whatever but my dad kind of knew so he he knew because he's been through it he's he's done all that like my dad's a professional as well he's qualified in computer science you would never know that uh he was trained to be a geophysicist but um but at the same time there's something called passion and love for something that you, you always want to do and and that's that's pretty much what I'm I'm pretty much doing with this and like you obviously you have like a full-time job as well that's like completely separate to all of this do you find yeah, yeah, yeah. like juggle everything yeah juggling it it's uh, hard I live like a double life because like everyone sees me when I go into work and stuff in a suit and like oh professional meetings <laughs> and having to like you know talk normally then uh, when I step out of there I go to the radio or I'm heading off to gigs and stuff and it's just like a completely like different way of life um so like it's a good comparison it's a great balance and to have that it's really like you know refreshing because you're not living that nine to five life it's, it's quite fun like I say doing this the thing is in the industry in the way how saturated it is today you're unable to maintain yourself financially that's one difficulty I came across very early on so I had to kind of establish myself in the professional world also at the same time um, simply because obviously I've got my own dreams and aspirations of where I want to be in life and from there you have to pretty much plan your life out and you know you can't do it being broken you know trying to find out you know when I can make my next like you know money for my gig so you'd rather have a sustainable income and from there you can balance and do everything else however you want to do it it's long it's long days even longer nights it's like 
it's a bit of give and take, but it's a lot of fun at the same time. So you have to look at it in that way. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I feel like obviously it's your passion. You enjoy doing it. So it might not always feel like work to you. It's kind of it's what you enjoy, right? So, it's not work to me, no. I don't class it as work. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't take, like, I enjoy using my spare time to do it because, you know what, I'm being constructive and I'm doing something about it. And all I'm trying to do now is to get at the top of my game. Like, I took a break last year. I didn't, um, you know, have to, like, do what everyone did, like, when lockdown came and everyone was just, like, um, um, you know, putting out content online, trying to stay relevant. But what I did was pretty much take myself a little bit of a, a, bit of a break establish myself a little bit more within my working career um you know have that breather got things rolling and now I've made my comeback I'd say in a sense where I'm more hungrier than ever so that being said obviously it's how how you go about things and when you love something you'll never stop loving it um especially myself like when I love something I nothing's going to stop me you know getting to where I need to get to I'll tell you that straight that's a good attitude to have I think <laughs> very good but, um so in regards to like competition, when you first mm-hmm. started to obviously now, it's obviously changed a lot because I remember back in the day, obviously I've known you since school, but yeah. you were like one of the first DJs I really knew. And like, the, like you always used to put on events and stuff. You were like the first person I knew that did that. There, were not, there weren't many people back then doing it. But obviously, mm. Like what's the competition like compared like from when you first started to, to now? Competition will always remain, and that's regardless of how long ago. Maybe you at that time didn't know any others, but I tell you now, I probably knew about 15 or 20. And a lot of people did at that time. It's just, it's been like that since I'd say the 80s and 90s as it's progressed on and how people find what DJing is. Now, DJing is an art at the end of the day. Um, a lot of people don't look at that. A lot of people see DJing as, you know, as you see now, what I see on TikTok anyway is everyone. Yeah, I was going to bring the TikTok thing up. Mine, they mime to songs rather than actually mixing two tunes together and, you know, looking for a crowd response. Being a DJ is all about being a crowd controller, uh, understanding what reaction is and how to feed that reaction because it's energy that you're providing to a crowd. So a lot of people do not see that, but there's a lot of technicality behind it. Competition-wise, yes, now there's a lot of people who want to be DJs. Fair play to you. If you want to get involved, man, do what you've got to do. It's what it's all about. Grow, network, become, you know, a massive community. Great. At the same time, there's a lot of um, competition in the sense of, I think, why people are affected financially, whereas people used to be um, full-time DJs. It's now taken a step back because of the amount of, you know, people who are now coming forward and who are wanting to do, who are wanting to, you know, to gig and be DJs and also they're wanting the work. And when there's a high demand for people who want work, then obviously it gives those guys like the events industry, clubs, managers, etc. Um, it gives them that sort of um, advantage where they can pay less because they'll have somebody who will do it for, you know, a few hundred quid in regards to like maybe what you're charging, for example. But competition is stiff. And now you have to always think outside of the box. You have to be on top of your game. You have to be, um, you know, willing to do what everyone else isn't going to do. It's a lonely road sometimes. I'm telling you now, it's a very, very lonely road and how things get. And where you may see that, you know, everyone's following one sort of direction, one fashion, one style, um, you may need to be the one to walk alone because that will make you stand out amongst the rest. And it's what you need to have as a DJ. And that's your unique selling point. So that's what you need. 
some good pointers there guys for everyone listening that wants to be a DJ um so obviously like you before you did touch on the fact that you like both say like the more western side of the scene and you really yeah. like sort of like the Asian music how how have you found it like trying to break away from like the typical Asian DJ scene and more like move more into a mainstream scene and obviously like you're starting to travel and like you know go to different countries and stuff which is great but like how have you how have you found that journey like has it been quite hard to get here uh the journey has been hard uh don't get me wrong when it comes to a situation like this being a brown face in a world which is mostly driven by people of you know white ethnicity or black ethnicity it is very difficult because you know there's also that competition those guys are in competition with each other and then you've got you know me young brown boy who's going to come through and you know try to also play along so you have to be and what my you know what what advice i've been given over the years is you have to be three times better than them to prove yourself equal so that was one thing I very found very hard to kind of register until it happened to me when I was out at gigs and I was seeing that I wasn't getting the recognition or the limelight that I wanted because, you know, I might have been technically better or done a better performance, but I just simply wasn't that person. So that's one thing to consider. When breaking away, yes, it's been a very, very difficult journey. But you know what? I've been persistent. I've been networking. Um, I've been showing people what I'm all about. Um, they see the content I put out. They see the places I play, um, you know, the artists I brush shoulders with. And from that is what you kind of like gain your respect and your, you know, your established brand. Um, taking that forward, it's quite hard um, in the sense to break in being a brown face. But I managed to do it. It's not impossible, but you just have to stick at it. Um, there's not many people or many DJs who've played at Ministry of Sound, like Ministry of Sound in London not for a Desi event, but for an English event. I, I was actually invited to DJ for the page on Instagram, I'm Just Bait, um, just a couple of years ago to play one of his. Yeah, so he had Tory Lanes, he had M. Huncho, he had NSG, he had so many artists there that night. But I was privileged enough, and I was probably the only brown DJ to be there who's Asian. But it's because I play hip-hop, because I play dancehall, do I play bashment? Yes, that's why. And then at the end of the day, it's all of... Would you say they make it obvious? Like, has anyone, have you ever been in a situation where they've been, been obvious blatant that, like, you know? Yeah, of course. There, there, there is institutional racism everywhere you go. So it, it is, but you know what? You have to learn to take it on the chin. It's not about taking it to heart. You just got to be, you know, this is the nature of the beast. This is the game. You have to be ready for it and you have to be thick skinned. That's one thing I learned. In the beginning, I was not. I used to take a lot of things to heart and I found it was not getting me anywhere. So now you've got to toughen up. You have to get out there. You have to be three times better. And that's how I always feel. Like I always got to be five steps ahead instead of being three steps ahead. So that's how I'm rolling now. And that's, I think, seeing the results coming through slowly, slowly. Um, but it's not going to happen immediately. Like Even now, I still got a lot to learn. I've still got a long way to go. But you know what? Being hungry is better than anything. And also, at the same time, you've got to remember, confidence may not get you to where you want to be, but it will definitely give you the tools to get to where you want to be yeah for sure like obviously you speak to a lot of different types of people you have to network pretty much every single day so like you need to be able to exactly know. okay how did you find it like meeting famous people 
<laughs> like I would just be screaming my head off and like fangirling all the time. Yeah, there, 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 there's I'm that. I'm not sure you can act like that in that kind of. No, I know you can't, but like yeah, obviously can't. it must be a bit surreal sometimes. It does, and it, it it sometimes hits you like this is an actual person, you know, the person you see on TV, YouTube, yeah. your Instagram, whatever. Like they sat right in front of you. Um, a lot of them are really nice people. Who's the nicest? Who's one of the nicest that you've met? I think uh, the nicest. We, well, it depends what you're talking. Asian artist, or we're we talking English. I talk both. Yeah, both. I think one of the nicest um, Asian artists I've ever met in my life has been Basman. I'll be really honest oh. with you. He's an absolute gent, honestly. Um, he's been, you know, in the industry for a very long time. But again, somebody our parents have probably been listening to our grandparents, but a, a very humble person. Um, when it comes to the English industry, I've met a variety of people. Uh, Fredo was nice when I met him as well. He was cool. Uh, most actually, yeah, most actually, yeah. so many people. Even Tory Lanez, when I met him that day at um, Just Fate's party, like Tory Lanez is a really cool guy. And it's just about finding that level of, you're not fangirling them and screaming your head off like Priya <laughs> would, but it's about finding that respect level and be like, you know what, bro? Like, I rate you for what you do. I like your music, I follow your stuff, and you know what, let's talk and stuff. They feel more comfortable talking to you that way. If you talk to them yeah. like a human being, they will talk yeah. to you back like that. That's now the there, you're both there at the event, you, just, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like more worthy of being there. So you exactly. just kind of like speak to them on, on the same level as you would. Exactly. So Priya, next time, if you ever meet someone, yeah, don't don't like oh, scream Lord. and jump on them. No, I can't help it. She's got habits of doing that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably pass out. But I think it probably helps, like, the fact that you work full-time as well. Like you said, like, that professionalism, you know how to talk on that level as well. Like, I feel yeah, like maybe yeah. a lot of people that are just or younger or just full-time DJs, they might not know how to handle themselves in that situation because they haven't experienced it before. So For it's sure. quite good that you get, you get both sides of it. Something you have to pick up quite early on. You have to learn to be, you know, you have to learn to, to you know, respect others without stepping on each other's toes. You have to learn to be, you know, a part of it. Um, that you are with um, sorry <laughs> but you have to learn you have to learn to be like I'd say very much grounded and in the sense of wanting to learn don't come across that you know you know you want to just take their position okay. yeah the one thing I've learned well, that. and what about like obviously like you've played in like so many cool places abroad like where's your favorite place uh abroad has to be only one place that's one of my favorite and that is triple five uh the world famous triple five in morocco we love um, <laughs> can't wait to go back there yeah how did, that happen? Like, how did you honestly that? um so i again reached out to a good friend of mine um through a mutual friend in morocco and you know they're based here and we kind of touched base explained what i wanted to do presented exactly what i wanted to do where i wanted to do and how i wanted to do it and you know they kind of agreed to the idea that's one thing i've kind of learned within business and stuff so being able to um you know identify what you want and tell them it's kind of better because then it will be like well we don't know what to do with you in, this, in that sort of case right or we don't know where we can fit you in or we'll find out where we can fit you in where you present the opportunity of like look this is what i want to do this is how i want to do it and this is how we can do it they'll take into consideration so I did all that, uh, made good friends with a company called the Marrakesh Concierge, who are based here in the UK. Um, they basically oh, take people them. out. They took us really? out. Oh. oh, they took you lot out. Yeah, yeah I remember. <laughs> so they're really cool. So what they'll do, they'll give you like a whole holiday experience in Morocco. They'll plan your, you know, 
days, you know, what you're going to do, where you're going to go eat, where, which clubs you're going to go to. Everything you're, you're pretty much looked after. And, um, you know, I've teamed up with those guys. I've become their official DJ. They're now hosting events in Morocco, just like they did when I went out to Triple Five. And we're going to be taking a lot of artists over over the coming months when things open up again. And, um, yeah, we're going to be doing it even bigger and better. We're coming also this time. Of that's so exciting did you ever think that like back then that you'd ever be like DJing and obviously it might have been a goal of yours but did you actually think like oh my god this is this is gonna happen one day when I was there yes but at the same time you know I was like I always knew like this is this is what I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it one way or another regardless it's just like me being a brown boy gonna who who I tell you now um mark my words I will be on a national radio station an English national radio station not an Asian manifesting that i love it <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that would be sick but like you say it's important like what you're doing is like the right thing you're being consistent and obviously you're doing all the things like you're, you're doing stuff behind the scenes that people don't see as well do you know what Correct. I mean? and you're like you say you're being you, you've got to be like three times five times ahead and consistency is key within that because people just if you're not consistent people are just going to forget do you know what i mean you need to be you need to be uploading stuff. You need to be quite. The thing active. is, I kind of, I kind of hang fire on uploading things for now because I'm in the process of just putting a lot of things together. But yeah. When I do have everything ready, I tell you now, you're not going to stop hearing from me. No, but I think that's good. I think it's good that you took that break and now you're coming together and then you'll be consistent again. Like because, cool. Yeah, you can upload content, but is it good content? Like anyone could just Correct. upload all the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So. It's good you sort and of I don't, and I don't fancy uploading on TikTok now with me singing to a song because that's not me. Um, I'll be very honest, that's not me as a person. So if you see that, you know, a lot of people are kind of picking on that trend where everyone wants sitting there and you know, you see them DJing and this, they're miming the song. It doesn't it doesn't give you impact, you know? Yeah. Individually yeah. you're an artist. And if you're gonna consider yourself an artist, don't be singing. That's the singer's job. <laughs> But I'm lying. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's as blunt as it is. Every that you TikTokers out there that are trying to DJ. It's blunt. You know what? So when I jump on during lockdown, all I'm seeing is like they're just they've they've like what purchased some decks and now they're just like everyone and their dog is a DJ now. And I'm like, are, are they actually DJs though? But the thing is, it's again I say it all the time. You can separate the DJs from these virtual DJs because. You put those people out into a club, into an event, they would not be able to handle themselves. It's very easy to sit there and record yourself mixing two to three songs because you've probably sat there, done what, 10, 20, 30 takes of it, and you've put the first, you know, the best version up. When you've got to deliver that out to the public and you've got to be out there and you've got to do it bang on every single time without failure, then it's a different ballgame. When you've got a thousand people sat in front of you, you need to entertain them. That's a different ballgame. A lot of people do not realize that. And what one thing is, yeah, go on. No, 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 sorry, finish first. No, I was going to say one thing is um, when you play out, it's a whole different experience to being online and releasing mixes online. It teaches you a lot about the game. It teaches you a lot about the profession. That is true. What, um, where, if you remember, where was your first like live, live performance as a DJ? Uh, my first live performance, I actually do remember this. It was in Windsor. I played at Liquid. So Liquid Thursdays, if you were ever bought um, and born and raised in and around that area, uh, Liquid Thursdays is where I played my very first club night. Uh, and then it just transpired from there, went on to different clubs where it was Desi nights, where there was Arabic nights. Then I did like D&B, house nights, garage nights. 
in the hip hop R and B freshers, you know, it still continues. How was it the first time? Was it like how I was prepared and it was lit. <laughs> that's lit. good. No, that's good. What's your obviously like so there's like this whole like stigma around like these Desi nights that people go to because obviously mm. certain people can't handle themselves when they go to these events. Mm. But like for you, what's been like your favorite type of night like what what do you enjoy the most don't get me wrong i do love a good destiny night i love bongo music i love that whole party scene we as british asians know how to party and when it comes to like a club night trust me like there is some serious vibes that do come from a destiny night regardless yeah. it's just a shame that obviously <laughs> the, yeah it's a shame obviously just like in every, any like community or whatever um it's a shame that you don't you know people just lose themselves and they obviously over drink and there's loads of other bits and pieces and there's a lot of stigma around it in the sense that we do come out we come out in force and we come out to party there's no religious divide there's no caste divide that what happens today like within our society within our asian communities it's just literally asian people going out dancing to some wicked music and there's nothing like asian music that gets you pumping i'm telling you the energy you feel in an asian rave or a destiny night is is serious you, i think you all know that yeah like when we want to go to a wedding that's where we would go we've seen it from various aspects and obviously with that being said like on a destiny night it is it's wicked like the vibes the atmosphere it just gives you real good energy as a dj and obviously me going there and when i play a track and i just know it's gonna pop off like if i play i remember when here's an example when i played um one destiny night in windsor we did very first time we did windsor um it was vanilla uh, it was myself desi beats uh and we just i think it was just dropped it was 47 by um sidney musiala and still bangles right <laughs> i just remember that day playing that song just as i came on and the crowd went insane like it was a different sort of vibe and you would never see that pretty much anywhere and you know what us as um, asian people you know we're not afraid to get up and dance we're not afraid to you know enjoy ourselves like we just like we just get into it we don't care it's one of those ones yeah i think as well like even if you're not drinking like it's always it's just a just a good vibe like the energy is always real at those kind of events yeah because everyone's up there like dancing so that makes like you, i mean i always do tend to drink however <laughs> however if i was to go sober honestly like the energy the vibes that would make me want to get involved regardless mm-hmm. all right cool so now we asked our followers to give us some assumptions and questions so we're going to go mm-hmm. ahead and ask them so are you ready I could probably name what three of them are probably going to be at least. But yeah, go on, hit me with it. So first assumption is... Have we got names? Have we got names? No, of who it is? no names. We don't no. need Stay oh, anonymous. Anonymous. Nons. <laughs> okay. okay. So first assumption is, because you're a DJ, you get discount at events and you can get anyone in. Yes, yes. There is a, there is part truth in that. Um, so the world and its wife will pretty much try to get in contact with you when it's time for a big event. I find like my phone's going off or my DMs are going off and like, oh yeah, can you get me in, bruv? I haven't seen this person since like secondary school, but they want to get into the event. But it's the truth it's the truth. Um, yeah, you do get a guest list. Um, you do get some complimentary, but like I said, people mostly go nowadays and just book the tickets online and just go in, really. So yeah. So can you get, can you, so do you usually get like, like say like you can bring five people or something? I will always take um, a crew with me wherever I go, just how it's always been. 
Can two um, peas in a pod be part of a crew then? Of course, of course. I thought you already were. So yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I do because I, I don't like to go by myself. I like a bit of company. It's a good laugh at the end of the day. You're doing it for fun. You're not there to like be serious. So even when we're all drunk and annoying you, it's still a good time. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> kind of got used to it over the years. <laughs> You've had to. But um cool. Okay, so the next question we had was how has lockdown affected obviously you said you know like you took a break and stuff but um generally how do you think like you you've dealt with lockdown in terms of like the career side of it the events and all of that it's been a big hit i'm not gonna lie i do miss being out on the scene and playing out weekend week out being at events weddings clubs etc but it's been a good reset i'll be very honest um, a lot of people have been financially affected i'm you know thankfully not you know touch wood god bless i am i'm fine but at the end of the day you know it has affected a lot of people a lot of my colleagues and a lot of friends and a lot of people who I know in the industry quite immensely as it's sometime their full-time business you know it's their full-time business now with with myself yes it's affecting me but I use the time effectively to reset I needed a bit of a reset button I was overworked I was literally on the go all the time use that time to chill relax rethink my game plan come back when it's time it's important to take a break and you probably wouldn't have taken that break if lockdown didn't happen so for you it was kind of a bit of a blessing but how do you think like obviously eventually at some point events will be back on so how do you think this whole thing has is has affected that like do you think it's going to it's obviously going to be super busy so is it going to be a good thing do you think for the it's going to be it's going to go one way or the other you're either going to get it's going to be crazy busy like nothing ever happened and people are going to be out more than ever now or it's going to be people are going to be a bit reserved because obviously the way they've adapted their life now, everyone's adapted their lifestyle differently. They're not used to going out week in, week out, partying, clubbing. You're used to, you know, you become a homebody. Well, I think everyone, every single person is going to be getting married in the same year. So that's going to be a busy year. Although it's been such a low for them now, hopefully then it's going to like, you know, increase like well i hope so yeah um, hopefully people you know who, who who did plan to get married this year and stuff or who are unable to do so or who plan to get married last year are able to have the wedding they've always wanted we hope that anyway fingers crossed hey fingers indeed crossed. okay so next assumption is djing well you've kind of answered this sort of already but djing is quick and easy money you just turn up play music and go home <laughs> if only it was as easy as that it sounds a lot easier than it is um it isn't that there's a lot more complexity to it it's about you know you're providing people an experience a musical journey vibes energy and you know you're giving them entertainment at the end of the day um, whether it's through music the way you talk and interact with them whether you, you know provide a bit of comedy whether you've got performances you're still providing them a service uh, it's not easy to make money either um, it's not as easy as just turning up, pressing play, because, yeah, you might get some people who are just impressed with that, but that's because they don't know any different. But you've got crowds, you've got to work sometimes, and you've got to make them want to interact and make them want to party. That's your job. True. Facts right there. Um, take facts. <laughs> okay, so the next question is, what's the best and worst thing about being a DJ? Like a pro and a con? Best thing about a DJ is being able to play to thousands of people and for them to appreciate you um, and to enjoy what you're doing for them, whether it's giving them good vibes, letting them enjoy music or, you know, 
being able to displace that many people and having that sort of exposure, that's one pro. One con is it's a damn tiring job, whether it is coming in uh, late nights, early mornings, whatever it is, it's damn tiring. Yeah, I can imagine that being, especially when you have like a weekend of gigs, like you're there till I used to do a weekend of gigs and I get to work. Yeah, I I, I got used to it. it Yeah, I guess your body does get used to it. It does. Um, Okay, cool. Next question was, what, so since you've started like in the media and music industry, what's the highlight of your career so far? Uh, highlight of my career has been to interview uh, the amount of artists that I've been able to do so in a whole two years time like from the show um, having so many celebrity guests from all over the world come onto my show has been an absolute privilege and also being able to play across the country and around the world it's been a real highlight of my career well we hope to see more of that indeed, indeed. all right cool I've got another question so I'm, well you said this in the beginning but I don't know if it's the same answer but who would you say is your been your biggest inspiration my dad yeah. all day long you said that already mm. so i thought i thought it'd be but i thought i'd ask again anyway mm-hmm. oh, that's um nice. dj wise i have other inspirations obviously There's a lot of people i do look up to the likes of dj ez one person i've always looked up to as well carl cox uh there is uh jam master j from run dmc he passed away many many years ago a lot of big hip-hop djs have inspired me um so like you know even in today's day and age there's a lot of big hip-hop djs you know who are out there who who still inspire me to this day you know you've got dj scratch who's beyonce's dj you've got um scotty b from the uk he's a big bad boy dj here um very very talented there's a lot of people who do inspire me and i'm a person who's inspired by various genres like you've got house djs which inspire me garage djs drum and bass djs um bungra djs even uh but you know, at the end of the day, it's about how you take it on board, how you then create your own style. Uh, and, you know, one thing is being different. A lot of people follow the crowd. A lot of the people do the same thing over and over again. And you see that time and time again on my, like, on your, your timelines, um, your pages, you'll see it. Nobody actually is authentic. You'll see very rarely that one that will come out and be authentic. So not many people are. That's yeah, one thing I do, that I do find that, to be fair. Like, everyone's just trying to be like the same and I, don't, I never really understand why because that's not going to make you stand out correct and I think that but I guess maybe a lot of it comes down to them being afraid to do something different but I feel like you should yeah. just like what have you got to lose just ri- if you risk it and it goes well then you're going to probably go further than you are by staying right. le- basic or whatever that's what it is it's the fear of jumping into it and that's where you need to come out of your comfort zone i've done a lot of things which are not in my comfort zone i've gone to gigs where i've not really been a massive like i've been booked for gigs where my genre is not too strong like for example and you know i've gone and just made the worst of it you know yeah you jump into the deep end you learn how to swim so that's how it goes and being authentic and being real that's one thing i've always stuck to and that's being me and being how i am and when i go out i know i rock a face so that's it that's good. You've got to be confident. You have to be. You've got to believe in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so the last assumption we have, which I'm sure you know is coming. <laughs> so yeah. the assumption is most girls don't want to bring a DJ home because their families won't approve. I mean, obviously, you know, you have a, another job, but try and answer it as um, much. 
yeah, there's a lot of taboo around that, a lot of stigma. Um, it's the same thing. It's again my point earlier. It's how you handle yourself, how you carry yourself, and the way you are. If you're somebody who's a professional who's in it for the game and who's in it for the art and who does it, you know, like myself as a hobby, but obviously takes it very seriously in, in a professional manner, no problem with it. As long as you've got what you need to establish a family, uh, what you and you've got all the you know the aspects that parents will look for, especially in our community. Like you've got a secure job, you've got yourself. I'll always recommend never go full time, especially now with the pandemic and how it's gone. Um, you need to get yourself into a full time employment. Yeah, you may not enjoy it, but at the end of the day, you have to live and sustain yourself. And if you can do that, and if you want to ask for, like, for example, if you're a bloke and if you want to ask for a girl's hand in marriage, you know, in our communities, that they're going to know how you're going to provide for my daughter. That's the one thing. You know, if you can prove that with them financially, but then also in the way that you're going to respect her, show her love. Uh, take care of her for the rest of her life, of, of your lives, you're winning. It's all day. You'll be fine. Okay, cool. So that was, yeah, there were a few, but we chose just some of the main ones that people wanted to know. Um, So to finish off, what would be, like you've obviously like mentioned a few things throughout the podcast, but like if you were to sort of summarise it, what would be your best advice or tips for people wanting to get into this industry? Yeah, into this industry, you need to stay hungry. Um, if you're not hungry and you get complacent, you're going to get left behind. At the same time, make sure you stand out. Be authentic. Be you for who you are. And, you know, find yourself. Use it as an opportunity to find yourself, whether it is, you know, what sort of avenue you want to pursue it with, whether it's a hobby or you know, whether you want to go down a certain genre or if you want to go into the Asian scene or the, the house music scene or garage music scene, however you want to do it, find yourself. Use this as an opportunity to, you know, <clears throat> put any sort of like negative thoughts that you may have in your life, whether, you know, a lot of people suffer with a lot of mental illnesses in, these, in this day and age, especially with the whole corona issue and being locked down. If you find that you've struggled and you find sort of some sort of comfort in DJing or something in music pursue it look through it and you know take it for what it is flip it on its head see look how can i go about this how can i go further how can i progress one thing i'll never ever say to everybody is to to not follow you know through with what you feel with your heart if you like it and you enjoy it with your heart make sure you follow it through with your heart follow every single step and also at the same time stay hungry stay authentic make sure you continue to um make sure you continue to like um aspire to inspire i think that's the way to put it like you need to aspire to inspire others and you need to be like begin to pave the way and try something different don't be afraid of doing that if you are afraid of it you're going to stay in the same lane like i've always found getting out of my comfort zone is when i when i probably perform the best or i've done the best in my career being outside of my comfort zone because you're pretty much um you've got full focus then because when you're not in your comfort zone you're thinking a hundred things at once you are pretty much having your wits about you you'll be on top of your game you're on edge that's because you want to not screw up so have that always in the back of your mind that you want to do well that you want to do it for the for the love of the music and the love of the art and also at the same time you need to do it because of the fact that you know you want to you want to impact people's lives because that's what i do it for that's what i do radio for because i want to be a positive role model but and make a positive impact to people I want people to look up to me for the sake of not a negative thing, but you know what? That that person helped me out. His radio show, his advice, you know, his music helped me. 
If you're doing that, you can make an impact on just one person's life. It will go a long way because that person will always remember you. And a lot of people don't think like that. A lot of people think that, you know what, we're just doing it for the money. We're doing it for the fame. Don't do it for that. Set yourself up with a daytime. It's fine. Make your money. But then do what you love at night. Telling you, it's fun because you get to live both lives. And you know what? You're financially going to be better off. I'm being honest. You can live the life you want to live. And then one day when you're more established and you've got your brand, and then you're at a point where, you know what, you can afford to, to maintain your lifestyle with just being a DJ, do it. But you still need to build yourself up somewhere. A lot of the most biggest DJs that I know, yeah, in this industry, in this game, started off a full-time job. But they ended up being superstars. David Getter, for example, he worked in a fast food restaurant, I think, when he Did started. You? Yeah. So went from flipping burgers to you know spinning records to millions making millions you know playing in las vegas dubai everywhere it's how you manage yourself and also another thing i'll say as a piece of advice it's how you carry yourself as soon as you start getting your recognition a lot of people you know they kind of get lost into it they kind of let themselves go don't do that stay humble stay hungry and stay on the level with your people and the people who follow your music i tell you now you'll get if you show that sort of humbleness and that sort of love to somebody who enjoys your music, I'm guaranteeing you'll get 10 other people like that approaching you. Because if you continue to show people love like that, it will help you get far. That's one thing I've maintained as well. Anyone who shows me love, I show them love back. Whether it's supporting them in their business, their pages, anything they do, keep it that way. Because that will get you, you know, a lot more recognition. And you know what? People have nothing but nice things to say about you. And that's what you want in this life. You don't want to be, you know, talked about badly. Um, so like I said, stay on top of your game, stay authentic and keep yourself, um, you know, with your head high and stand out. Because that's what I aim to do every single day. Every single day, I tell myself I'm going to make it. And if you don't, at the end of the day, no one's there to help you. No one. I'll be very honest. There's some very lonely days that I've spent, but I do it because you know what? You have to do it for yourself. No one's going to come and do it for you. No one's going to come put your mixes together. No one's going to do all your social media for you. You can do it. We have the tools. Everyone can do it. Just take the time to learn. Learn the craft, execute it, and be the best. That's what I say. Do you know what? That was so motivating that I want to be a DJ now and I don't even <laughs> you want to be a DJ. That was something, you know. But like, you know what? Everything you said was so true. And even like applying that to like us, like our podcast, pretty like mm. it's so relevant. Like whatever you want to do, like that that can apply for everything. Yeah, so. and to be fair, like this was never something that we always joked about doing something yeah. like this, like the podcast or like YouTube. And it, this is very much maybe not so much now. Well, sometimes, actually, but it was out of our comfort zone completely. And mm. we're so glad that we just just risked it and started yes. it. And yes. it is about it really is about not being afraid and just like going for it because that was I was surprised that you guys kind of even put this together when you when you create a message was like, oh cool that's like I didn't think like that I was like all right cool this is different like I never expected it from you guys but that's where you've taken it that's the main thing um it's how you you know now go about it and how you now take it forward yeah like I said be creative get some people on your crest your guests will grow you will want to get people who want to be featured on your program so that's the way you have to go about it. And I think you lot are doing the right things. You've got the tools all there for you. You can only get better. It's just starting, which is the hardest thing. 
no that is true and I think that that's like when you first start and you don't get where you want to be straight away that can be that you can take that to heart and be like oh I want to give up and it's so easy to give up but why why don't give up because you will like where we are now we're not where we want to be but never did we think we'd be here now when we first started no way exactly so it is all worth it in the end but you just gotta put the work in that first and it is worth it pursue it you have to pursue it full force you have to pursue it oh well that was a really lovely lovely note to end this on guys so we'll wrap this one up but Hashim thank you so much for coming on the podcast um it was very motivating and I think it'll be really interesting for a lot of people that might know you but might not have known like your journey or or like Mm. you know get to know you a bit better which is great because I'll be very honest a lot of people don't don't know that I work full-time a lot of people don't know I have a career in the business world outside and everyone just sees me as this radio presenter dj guy and like yeah that's me that's all i do full time and i bum around but i like it that way i don't mind i prefer it and then that that life's completely different but girls have been great it's actually really good to see what you're doing and i'm hoping i would like to come back at some point you will definitely be coming back of course we'll do it one year from today to see how much we've all progressed that's actually a good idea yeah Yeah, and hopefully we'll be able to film it yeah lockdown if ever but no, but obviously, like, you've got a lot of exciting things coming out soon as well. So um, we'll put all of your ads in the description. So everybody that is listening, go follow Harshim on Instagram and YouTube because he's got some exciting content coming out. Um, but yeah, cool. so hope you guys all enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one. Bye. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.